Hello everyone and welcome back to another edition of the Sporting Blog podcast. It's the 16th of June 2020 for those in the sports world. It is the first day of Royal Ascot and tomorrow the Premiership returns. So there's quite a lot going on. Um, For those who are not racing fans, Royal Ascot is traditionally one of the highlights of the British sporting summer calendar. Uh, and there are 36 flat horse races at the highest level over five days. Um, normally it's full of pomp and circumstance and people wearing wonderful uh, dresses and uh, men dressing in, in tails and top hats and so on. But because of COVID-19, all socially distanced this year, uh, nonetheless, it provides a, a welcome distraction for many at home who've not seen any sport and uh, who are still isolating or taking things carefully with regards to breaking out of lockdown. So it's good timing for Ascot in terms of uh, getting a lot of eyes on screen. Um, It'll be shown on ITV and Sky Sports Racing has every race live. Um, It's a bit of a quick uh, podcast today because I just got an awful lot to do. This is about... Uh, an article we published this morning by a chap called Charlie Rowan, who is a 14-year-old sports writer who came to us uh, a few weeks ago asking whether you know we'd be interested in, in having someone write about football for us, and uh, which we are. And he asked, "Is do we pay writers for articles? And I said, yes. And I passionately believe that people that do work on behalf of others should be paid. There are many sports blogs out there, and not just sports blogs, but blogs in general. Big, commercially operated blog networks that that publish content by the minute uh, in order to rank in Google and earn advertising and affiliate dollars and pounds. There are many hundreds of these organisations who do not pay writers for their contribution. Instead, they promise experience and learning from the best and sharing your name around and getting you known, and it's all bullshit. The truth is, someone has done some work on your behalf, they should be paid. Now, I'm not saying that we pay the same as The Athletic might pay their their writers or as a newspaper or magazine might pay because we're a small hobby venture at the moment and won't be forever. But I can assure you one thing. If people come to us and ask whether they can be paid to provide unique content, if we can afford to pay for it and the content is indeed unique, we will pay for it. We will pay something. It might not always be the biggest. It might depend on the quality, on, on a number of things, but we'll pay something. And we pay a fair rate too, better than the rate that uh, people work for on Fiverr and uh, other such sites. So if we can't do it, we won't do it. I'll just have to say, sorry, we can't afford it this month. But if we can do it and someone says, I will write you something or someone says, I've got an idea. Can you help me come up with the idea and we'll publish it? Yeah, of course you deserve paying. I mean, that's the whole point, right? This is why people do work. It's why people do what they're passionate about, not just so that they can do it for free. I wouldn't expect a graphic designer to create me 
a, a set of typefaces to use on my website for nothing. I wouldn't expect a photographer to take pictures of my dog and me running through the fields and say, thanks, I'll share it on my Instagram, you'll get really popular. It's bullshit. It's important to pay people. And I've been in the situation enough times where people ask me to advice on whether it's brand marketing or, or work in sport or the, all the rest of it. And they sit down. Sometimes they think buying you lunch, you know, is, is worth a bit of free advice. Sure. Okay. Free lunch, one in the locker, drinks. Yeah, I'll end up talking anyway. But Don Draper did it in a very well-known scene in Mad Men with Comrade Hilton. Hilton asked him, what do you think of these? He said, I'd like it better if you paid me because this is my job. What am I going to do? And he's 100% right. So with that rant slightly over, I would like to point you towards the article by Charlie Rowan. Um, and the the article is the first part in a series on Berry Football Club, the fall of Berry, and hopefully the the rise again through the Phoenix Club Berry AFC. Charlie's done an awful lot of work uh, in reaching out to fans, players, coaches, um, even the local Berry MP for interviews and discussions to write a balanced piece. Uh, in about four or five parts, I think we just did part one today, which also does include one of his interviews um, with a former former player um, and and coach, um, who is Nick Dawes. And um, yeah, look, it's it's fantastic when a fourteen-year-old writes to me and says that I'm young, I love to write, I want to be a football journalist. Uh, do you mind paying me for some work? Well, of course. I don't mind. That's what I mean. Of course, I don't mind. <laughs> if I minded, I'd be a bit of a prick. Um, of course, we would. And now, you know, I like to think that I'm helping him out, mentoring him a bit, talking him through a few bits and pieces, helping him get his his uh, writing up to, to speed. And it's really good. It's decent. And it's only going to get better as he understands who his audience is, take some feedback from various people, so on and so forth. So I'm super uh, pleased to have got this uh, piece published today. And um, I'm hoping in general that he gets some feedback, uh, good and bad. It's a very important topic, by the way. Um, you know, Berry Football Club, for those that don't know, um, have been expelled from the Football League uh, because their finances were dire to say the least uh, the club because of some major financial mismanagement by the looks of it from all many different parties not just one um, are in such a bad state they do not qualify to be part of the football league uh, you can read the story in Charlie's article in brief and it will be developed on throughout the series and there's plenty of stuff out there about Berry, but it's sad. It's sad that a town like Berry, that had a proud history of football, um, and the football club was not only part of the local community, but part very much part of the local economy. <clears throat> and I think you would be forgiven for thinking that football started in in not only in the Premiership era, but in the last ten years. Uh, if you were to look on social media, it's pretty sickening really how you know there's just a constant 
flow of the streets will remember and Manchester United aren't ready for Tottenham's attack and so-and-so's elite and Rashford greater than Kane, etc. I mean, it's mindless. Not only is it mindless, just clickbait nonsense, but, you know, there are very few people talking about <clears throat> why any of these giant mega clubs and the players that are paid handsomely to pay for them exist in the first place. They all started out as a club for people to play football in and eventually, as professionalism came into sport, people paid to watch for entertainment. They all started out the same way. Every single football club started out as a bunch of people saying, let's make a club and let's play football against other clubs. That's all it was. You know, for the super young listening, and I'm not casting any aspersions at you, but just think that Ronaldo's playing for Juventus, that club, once upon a time, was just some people gathered in a room saying, let's play a game and let's see if we can, you know, play against some other people who are like-minded. Every football club started out the same way. And Bury is an example of a, of a club in a smallish town that has a stadium of about 11 or 12,000 people built up since 1885. They won an FA Cup in 1900 and something. And, um, you know, have a proud history. They may not be on the uh, search results or at the top of the search results for YouTube every week with highlights or of, of players playing uh, FIFA against each other, but they are in a very important part of a local community and it's now gone. So it's great that people like Charlie, who at 14 have seen how important this story is and decided to put some, more than just some effort, put a lot of effort into um, telling this story and, and trying to get into why and asking people some difficult questions. And as a 14-year-old, uh, during lockdown, to be phoning around, to be sending emails, uh, sending direct messages to people, asking for interviews, and then having the balls to, to go and do that. Um, he deserves some real credit for it. And look, let's let's see what everyone thinks of the articles. But um, yeah, um, if you can help a young person out when they've got an ambition, I believe you should do so. Uh, it would have been great when I was his age if someone had you know, shown a real desire to help me out and run with something. Uh, it would have given me a massive confidence boost and also would have helped fuel my ambition for the future. So please check that out. It's only a short podcast today uh, just for me to have that rant. Uh, but look, if anyone is involved in, in the blog business, if you have a blog, it's fine if people say, I'm going to contribute to your blog for free. You know, they say, please, can you publish this? Generally, they're after a backlink or whatever. But, you know, that's one thing. And I'm, I've done it. People have written to me saying, I've got a great article about this. I'd love to publish it please. And I know it's all about the backlink. Fine. If it's decent, we'll publish it. But if someone says, you know, can I write for you? And, you know, are you paying? Then, uh, yes, I am. And look, I actually did an experiment. I was going to talk about this another time, but fuck it. I'll talk about it now. I applied to write for one of the biggest 
blog networks who have over 300 different individual blogs representing different sports clubs, etc., etc. They're not that hard to find if you Google big sports blog network or something. And they offered or advertised paid writing. So I thought, let's see how true this is. I applied and lo and behold, I get the email back from the head of onboarding or whatever it is saying, oh, we'd love you to write for this blog. It sounds great. Thank you. Your work looks wonderful. At the moment, this is not a paid position, but you have the chance to learn from the best and work your way up, which is bullshit. You've asked someone to fill in a load of content on your website so you can make money from it. Pay those people. One day we'll out them all and start a campaign because there's no way a big commercial organization should be getting people to work for free. It's just not on. So we don't do that and we're not a big commercial organization and the money comes out of my pocket to make sure that the content's up there and that it's half decent. And if people want to read it and click on an ad, sure, it helps. If you want to buy something through Amazon, it helps even more. But at this point, it's a funded, a self-funded hobby. That's all it is. And uh, I still stand for my principle that people deserve pay. Uh, second rant over. Thanks very much for listening. I'm going to let you get on because it's a nice day and there's racing on the TV. Take it easy, guys.